Hi, here's Florian for 99 Startups and I'm today with a new guest here, Jan. Hi. So Jan, tell us something about you. Who are you? What did you do? What do you do? What will you do? Sure. Thanks for, for having me, Florian. It's a pleasure. Um, so I studied uh, business at a German university called WHU, uh, where I went with the intention to learn how to start a company, given that uh, quite some startup founders in Berlin came from that university. During my studies and internships uh, experience that I was a bit more interested on, on the technical and analytical side of things rather than pure business and through technical online marketing, if you want to say so, started teaching myself programming during my studies and also then in my uh, first job out of university started out with analysis and process automation in an online marketing team, had great fun doing that and just relearned or yeah, reinforced my um, view that data analysis is what I want to do, what I want to spend time with. Then in my second job, pretty much built reporting for, um, for a Berlin startup, started to build a team, started to hire first analysts and uh, led a small BI team from the beginning of this year until uh, roughly over a month ago and over a month ago made the jump to be self-employed and doing what I did before, um, loving my work. I'm now a self-employed data analyst consultant here in Berlin. So you have like a strong view on the um, numbers side on a startup. Mm -hmm. So um, because out of my experience, business intelligence and numbers driven is a lot of for big companies, they use it a lot. So what was your experience with a data analysis in startups. So what were your first experience in the different startups, how they approached it, what did you do with it? Mm -hmm. I would say, start by saying that that differs a bit depending on the company size that you look at. And within the last three years, I've now seen also from, from freelancing companies that are literally a team of four to five people just at the very, very beginning. Um, up to startups that are uh, growing highly but have still relatively fluid processes. So it's not like they're already fixed or in a stable state, um, as well as very standardized in online marketing, for example, processes of well-established companies that just really want to optimize what they're doing. Um, to me, data in, in a business context has three main advantages that we can probably also talk a bit uh, more about later. The first thing, and this is applicable whether you're small or not, is faster decision making, right? So I think one of the core strengths of a startup is that you fail, you, you iterate fast, you experiment fast, not to say fail, um, that's what everyone is trying to avoid, obviously, but you experiment fast and you learn fast. And due to these fast learnings, you're able to achieve results quicker than the rest of the market. That's, that's one thing. Another thing is process automation, which is a huge um, driver, I believe, for, for scaling efficiently and well, but requires also somehow stable processes. You can't do it from day one. And the third one is if you got these first two things right and if you are in operating with a well-defined and clean data model, 
that you can go into the direction of doing predictive analytics, right? Depending on the business model, projecting sales into the future, uh, or maybe even in the morning running analyses that will give you a hint how the day will go. Um, but this obviously yeah, requires some, some work before and some growth before. So, mm, did you? So, how did you? Um, pro, like, how did you approach the goal to build up a small pro progress tracking or creating numbers or getting numbers to work with in a really small startup on a small environment? Mm -hmm. mm, I wouldn't, to my or in, in my experience, in my opinion, um, being data driven is not exactly a question of size. What you need to start out with is, first of all, obviously have a good understanding of how your business model works. Uh, if you're small, data should be, I think, the main driver for product development. You want to make sure that you build a really, really good product with a, with a valuable um, market fit. And while you might not have um, huge amounts of uh, structured uh, data, Uh, to do that, you have uh, an unfair advantage that others don't. You can very well gather qualitative data. So I think when, when people talk about data, they always have this preconception that it needs to be databases and SQL and huge quantitative analyses. Um, and that is partially true, but not in the beginning. Um, it is just as well a very valid point for gathering data to pick up the phone, call people, do experiments as long as you have a structured hypothesis and you know what you want to get from the data that uh, that you gather. Yeah. That's a very good point. Like <clears throat> I, I uh, talked to a friend and he told me that like you can crush the most CEOs of big companies just asking them when was the last time you talked in person to a real customer of you and um, which problem you solved for him and what did you got paid by it. And so, because that's like the bad and brother, which startups do, they talk to real customers and, and then they solve problems for them, then for that they get paid. And that's like how the most successful startups work and why they, that's the reason why they work. So that's qualitative data, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. So um, what would be the next step? Okay, you found the model, you, you found what worked, so, and now, of course, you grow. Like, you get more demand, so you need to um, grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would be the next step? Mm, the next step, I believe, is something that is quite fundamental. Um, there is this well-known quote uh, from a British mathematician from 2006 um, that starts with, data is the new oil. Um, and while that part is very well known, most people skip uh, the extended version, so to say, where he actually argues that uh, data itself is comparable to crude oil and it needs to be refined and transformed into something like gas, like plastic, um, for it to be valuable and that comes with, uh, with work associated to it. Um, and while you might not have, as a small startup, the capacity to do that from the very beginning, what you really, really want to do very ruthlessly is to focus on storing, collecting and storing the oil that you produce for now in an orderly fashion so that it can be very well analyzed later on. What I mean by that specifically is that 
as people start out and yes you're still probably in an MVP mode um, some might argue that um, you know we need to we need to get going and start fixing things later and don't or pay a blind eye to data quality um, and that is just something which will cost you um, quite a lot and comes with huge opportunity costs once you want to start using that data um, because data or unlogical data spreads if you have flaws in your base data this might spread into into other things and it's quite hard actually or not obvious often later on to reverse engineer it and fix it so i would say while data quality is not everything um, without data quality everything is much less valuable um, and this is something that you can get right uh, from the beginning just having a quality focus in how you develop IT systems and, and processes. And once you got going and grow, I think you need to start thinking about good KPIs that, that fit your business model and that actually allow both the uh, respective functions like finance operations, marketing, to work well in their daily activities, but also give the C-level and people from across functions um, an overview of what's going on in the uh, in the other departments, and that is quite a challenge. Normally, uh, given that uh, again processes are fluid, um, and that uh, we are often consumed by by daily work. But if you have a bit of a mental model and a uh, systemic approach to KPIs, at least that everyone knows of, that you communicate throughout your company, it should be relatively easy to or easier to have. An overview. Um, Before we come to KPIs, I would have an, another question. Like I, I had a friend which comes strongly from the finance background, and he advised to uh, to most startups to keep on the beginning your data, your finance data. Excel is your best friend. Get some uh, nice templates and then work with that. So, how you make sure that like the data quality is there if you use Excel? Do you have experience with that or advice? Mm, so the first thing that I would argue is that Excel comes with the possibility to execute SQL queries, right? Okay. And so you can, if you have a structured database table in, uh, in the business intelligence and data world, we call that a data warehouse, an analytical data warehouse more specifically, which contains standardized normalized uh, tables that are so to say taken care of and are quality checked then these can be loaded uh, via ODBC into any Excel file and people can can run their own inter interactive analyses on top of that obviously that is something that you might also not have in the beginning and so while I studied business I'm still not a friend of Excel in a large company for when you should actually have a data warehouse, but you don't or you don't use it. In the beginning, I think it's perfectly fine. 80-20, uh, you need to get work done and, and can't be blocked by waiting for the BI team to, to build a data warehouse, which normally takes some time. And so some sort of data analysis is better than no data analysis at all, obviously. But Excel has, so to say, a finite value in a startup growth cycle and it's very important that you are aware of it and that you 
make the jump uh, more or less at the right time. Could you like do you have an idea how do you know when the right time is for the jump? Mm, I think that depends a bit on the business model, how digital or how yeah, digital how how automated your business already is. If it's harder to integrate data sources, if the if there are many different data sources, mm, it naturally takes longer to uh, also build up uh, proper structures. It's hard to give in that sense a common answer. I would say as early as possible, and this time frame normally can be rather defined by okay how stable does the underlying process feel okay. if the processes are mapped out and you're not anymore in the MVP phase and uh, think of how can we do it but you start doing it regularly for two to maybe four or five weeks okay then set some time aside uh, with your team think of how do we which data do we regularly use now how do we put it in a clear clean format to uh, to avoid you know, having three Excel files flying around that are not uh, updated at the same time and people start arguing and for nothing, pretty much. Yeah. And did you, did you go through the, this process? Did you set it up or did you already have it if you come into a company? That entirely depends. Um, and uh, I've seen companies that did it until quite a mature stage where actually Excel files would be sent around via email um, and hey, this is the latest version that I have but then they are 15 to 20 megabytes big yeah. and that's obviously clearly clearly an indicator that that you shouldn't do it um, but again I think for getting rid of Excel you need normally dedicated personnel or a freelancer or at some at least someone that thinks holistically about data in the company and often CEOs or CTOs can't do that they are too tight and they need to take care of growth execution so as soon as you start think you have the capacity to do that and again there is there is some fixed processes flying around i know that sounds relatively generic but i think this is the minimum requirements that should be met to think of a more structured uh, approach to data yes okay so the the thing would be you would say okay set up a database set up a business warehouse and then let go the data from the excel into that and then go on with the database and not use Excel anymore. Ah, when you mean the entire difference between Excel and the database at all, I think that is driven more whether your company uses a digital application. So most startups nowadays obviously are digital. They already come with a database in that sense because you need one to handle application logic. But these the data models of such operational databases um, are very different from what you normally need for analytical purposes yeah. for business users. So that's what I mean. So you mm -hmm. set up a second database just for the business analytics and then you transition the data from there. Cool. So um, what, what, like you started to talk about KPIs. Mm -hmm. So first probably let's try to define what, what is a KPI. Sure. So the word KPI which stands for key performance indicator itself is not really saying anything right obviously it's good to measure performance but there is also another really really good quote that I like um, that that goes not everything that can be measured 
that can be counted should be counted and not everything that should be counted is counted. I, I believe that's not verbatim, but that's roughly what it says. And the first starting point for any KPI, again, is know your business model and know what you want to achieve. What is your growth hypothesis? What is your value hypothesis? Uh, to stay in the terms of the lean uh, startup methodology and then build KPIs around these hypotheses that make them transparent. There is no use uh, what many people immediately jump for, <laughs> I would say, um, are in the data world so-called vanity metrics. Total user signups, total visits to my website uh, in online marketing. Those are numbers that give you a warm fuzzy feeling when you look at them as they grow maybe overall but they give you actually zero qualitative information about your business are those all free sign ups do they bounce immediately um, or are those actual users that you can pull into your product and actually you know make them sign up pay them what do they perceive as valuable what you have to offer and When you think about that, how you make the actual qualitative actions of people more transparent, you pretty quickly come to the conclusion that quotas of sorts are much better KPIs than nominal numbers. So if one general advice would be how do you approach KPIs, try to think of smart quotas, percentages. So if, for example, classical cohort analysis, all users that you acquired in month T minus two of those 50% converted in the same month and in the next month again another 30% that tells you that over two months 80% of the users that you acquired there um, actually convert which is obviously super nice um, it totally like, is not giving you any perspective about how your business is going. If you say, ah, last or two months ago, I signed up 3,000 users. Uh, this month I signed up um, 6,000 users and that is a huge success. That's not a huge success at all. I hope that you uh, managed to acquire those 6,000 users uh, at the same online marketing cost as you did the 3,000. That would be already also a good learning. So also there, there a quota marketing spent per user. Mm -hmm. But if those six thousand euros uh, users, uh, apology users, do not convert at all, you have just spent a lot of money without getting anything for it in return, and that is hardly a success in, in business terms. So, my my advice in that again, use use and think uh, in quotas as much uh, as possible. There is hardly any nominal figure that I can think of that gives you a solid understanding about the health of your business. So, like, um, what was, like, practical examples you used it? So, you, which, which questions you asked yourself in your time when you, when you worked for companies and how did KPIs help you to solve this in an effective way? I would answer with other aspects than what I've just talked about with the quotas um, as the main thing which I referred to earlier of KPIs is to give a good mental model and overview for people that use those KPIs daily but also others 
I think that is an overlooked aspect, but, but as soon as you grow uh, quite intensively, you benefit hugely if people from operations can have a guess uh, of how marketing is working and, and what's going on there. So to, to get good KPIs, I think you need to first understand the processes and they need to be actionable. So when you look at a KPI, let's say, and you, you don't know what you should do in case that KPI drops under its benchmark goal value or whether it's up that benchmark or goal value, you're wasting your time and you're using data that actually doesn't help you become better. So you should really think about what processes, again, growth and value hypotheses, what you want to make transparent, what you want to measure, and how you want to do that along a time axis. Whether you want to have leading KPIs, for example, if you know your conversion funnel normally takes X days, um, what can you ex which customer sign-up figures can you expect if you today generate X leads, for example. Okay. Um, and this would be a leading KPI then leads generated per day would be a leading KPI versus the KPI um, sign-ups per day. And there would be a causal relation because you can assume that people who become leads will um, also convert that is a necessary condition. Um, and what I also just mentioned, you should have a benchmark value. So you don't know whether the leads per day or customer signups per day are good or not if you don't have based on past data or if you're starting new and from the beginning you can uh, draw a line in the sand what you think is an educated guess if you don't have a goal and benchmark that you measure that KPI against. So to put it plainly good KPIs should have a benchmark, should have a goal value. You should map them across core processes in your company in terms of leading um, and lagging KPIs um, and they should be related, should be clear when KPI X has a delta then KPI Y will probably follow um, in the same direction or in the opposite. And that, if you, if you set that up in a structured way and communicate it clearly, this should give you an exceptional level of transparency across your company, not only for people in marketing doing marketing, but if you follow a system, also people from other departments and vice versa. Okay, so you would like give a, a goal to to the company and then like the data analysts would check out the process, like for example, you sell shoes and so you check, okay, what does do existing customers, how much new customers we get. So you understand the funnel, give certain KPIs on the process so you you have right now this, you want to go there, and then you, you see how you perform on certain points and can make adjustments there. That would be... Absolutely, yeah. The basis for that being, again, that you know your business model and that you have hypotheses about customers, for example, that bought winter boots last year, that they will again buy winter boots this year. Um, and this would be a, a specific KPI. So in your in your experience, was this like how did you make sure that like you understand the process and you understand the goals of the company? So did you talk a lot, work a lot with the CEOs? Or how was it in your past experience? Yes, this is this is a big part why I really enjoy data analysis and, and doing what I do 
because it's a synthesis of being analytical, being able to program, understand things, but there is absolutely no way if you don't talk to people. You will never be good at data analysis or, or doing setting up uh, KPIs and frameworks if you don't talk to people and there is no way around it. You need to understand how the CEOs see uh, see the business, what their key strategic assumptions for growth for the future are and as well how uh, how people in the departments operate. So what did you what is the um on mistakes in this area in your past experience? Mm, I think that the base topic that comes up in, in <laughs> I think whenever people are together is, is communication um, and open communication. I mean, when I as a data analyst or a business intelligence person talk to people, they sometimes, or sometimes I had the impression that Some didn't immediately know what was the goal of the KPI, and they feel threatened as in, oh my God, am I being measured against something? Mm -hmm. um, when you actually need to tell them, yes, some measurement, but what is very important when companies want to be data-driven, right? But startups need not to forget also when they grow that it's completely normal that you do mistakes when you experiment. And it's much more important to experiment and fail often, but in smaller steps. And to give the people that context that measuring goals and that setting up goals is nothing where, which is done to, to make them feel bad about themselves and their work. It's just to help everyone become better quicker. Um, and that making mistakes is an encouraged normal part of the job as long, and that is very important, <laughs> also from a data perspective, as long as you learn from it. And you have a structured way of analyzing the, the mistakes that you potentially did. But besides that, that we, we are in the lucky situation that I believe no, no one startup can, uh, can claim that it will operate without analyzing data at some point. It's on everyone's mind, obviously, and everyone sees the value, more or less. So you see data as a source to learn faster and like it's a really important thing that like as company or the startup has like an open culture, uh, open yes. feedback culture. Yes. Um, so how did you, did you already came in, in teams where this was set, this culture or how, like was there situations where you had trouble? Fortunately, no, so far not really um, huge troubles. I believe this is mainly the responsibility and also duty of the CEO to be um, a shining example of how decisions uh, should be reached and to make it clear to everyone in the company that deferring a decision with the argument of waiting for more data to be informed is a trade-off decision, right? Like there are some, some very few situations, very few actually, and for a startup I would say even fewer, it is worth taking a very slow approach. Jeff Bezos wrote an interesting comparison in his, his 2015 um, letters to, to shareholders. There are very few situations that actually warrant waiting for a long time to, to make a decision, whereas it's mostly actually better to take a decision so that others are not blocked by you and that otherwise you start incurring huge opportunity costs. And it's not so important whether 
actually the decision even was right or wrong or whether the um, basis for that decision was only 80% or 20% right. Speed in execution matters and again, the, the earlier you decide, even if you make a mistake, um, the mistake will be small and will be in 99.9% .9 of the cases very well reversible. Um, and this is, again, concluding, concluding this argumentation, this is a thing that I believe CEOs um, should imprint into the DNA and into the culture of the startup because if they start having what you would call analysis paralysis, looking at data again and again and again only to find the last bit of information that might uh, make, make their decision transparent to, to others, they achieve actually the, the opposite, that people become afraid of making mistakes, that people start to slow down and if you start losing velocity as a startup, I think it's common wisdom that that's not what you want to do to grow. So, uh, interesting. Um, so, you say that data, like, data gets more important when a company grows, right? To understand it better and to get, like, better, like, better decision of it? Naturally so, yes. Not, and that's what I mentioned uh, earlier when, um, when process automation comes in. So, decision-making is one part that you can have across every scale of a company and that will stay for you as long as the company exists. But process automation is, I believe, one of the biggest valuable growth drivers that, not sure how many people are, uh, are aware of that, also depends a bit on digital, um, how digital your business really is. But it comes down to the definition of scale, right? Every startup wants to grow and, and scale. And in a database context, interestingly, scalability is defined as a function of performance under changing environments. To give you a very placative and easy example, think of a table that has 1,000 um, uh, rows and that takes a second to query. When you increase the size to, let's say, 10 million rows, you don't want the query execution time to grow in the same manner uh, or by the same scale. You want it to stay actually quite flat and ideally uh, logarithmically so, and how you normally achieve that in a database context is by using indexes. Ultimately, executing a query against a table is simply a linear process. And what you want in business is once you th start throwing um, the tenfold load or sales volume or whatever at an existing team, the question is how do you buffer that? Yes, you hire new people, obviously, as a company grows, but you're missing out on a big chunk of efficient growth if you don't start automating processes as well to push the people that you already have in the organization to more productive tasks and ones that generate more value um, given the life cycle of the startup. So let's, let's go a step back. So that means like you, you define, like because if you grow you define processes and the whole value, value chain, like I sell shoes, so I have this, this process, if the orders come in this and this happens and then um, how you said 
to, to scale faster, you try to automate that. Exactly. So you make people free or resources free and you try to set them on certain points to exactly. to encode the whole thing. And um, so you said like one of the important points is that like the database can scale with it and can be flexible enough to take new processes on or take new tasks on or take more data on. That, well, the, the example with the database I get, uh, got, I sorry, presented was more theoretical of nature comparing it to a process. Yes, scaling a database is obviously an issue, but that is for most startups until you get to a level where your database doesn't scale, then uh, you'll probably have already a business yeah. intelligence and data team. To give you a more concrete example of what I mean by that, I think the classic scenario everyone can imagine is doing finance reporting in one master Excel file and you have XYZ different other source Excels and you copy paste data from there to there and you have your complex uh, formulas uh, set up that calculate everything and still it takes you half a day or a day to to do that and that's a clear indication that probably you already know pretty well what you need to do like this sales data need to, needs to go here, marketing costs need to go there, operation spend needs to go there, and then you aggregate it into a profit and loss statement or some other form of standardized reporting. Um, and it would obviously be efficient, uh, I hope at least obvious to, to most people, that if you spend, let's say, two days even uh, to uh, write that uh, data to a database and formatted appropriately or either even with Python, which is probably the simplest um, of solution, and you later on click a button that then generates the entire thing in maybe five seconds, then you've freed up quite some time of one probably highly paid and highly intelligent person to actually spend on thinking harder about, okay, how do we get to the next step? That was actually how I got into programming, literally. I did online marketing and needed um, two hours every day to to aggregate some metrics in, to, to give me a direction of how my campaigns were performing. And I spent four hours automating everything and clicking on a button and having the numbers pop up was like magic to me. That's That's why I said this makes sense, I want to go further into this. Yeah. So what else for, for experience you collected in, in, your, in your past work time? Mm, can you be a bit more specific? Any what were the biggest problems? problems you had, you faced, and how did you solve them? Mm, I think the biggest problems that you might experience in companies related to data is, is pertaining to what I already talked about. Uh, first, if you have chaotic data as in, hey, this app needs to run um, and there are processes and there is there are sales to do and, and customers to, um, to deliver to, um, many people forget to pay attention to quality or think it's second grade or yeah, there will be a time when when we can fix this and the time normally never comes, right? Yeah. Um, so what what is really hard is, um, and that's already kind of a bridge to to the cultural thing, is if the data is not incorrect, that, uh, sorry, not correct, that is already a suboptimal state, obviously, or if it's chaotic and not structured. 
But what's even worse than that, if people at the top of the company management doesn't see data quality for the value that it provides clearly in the long term. If that's not given, then you, you, it's, it's like fighting against windmills. Um, it's, it's pretty hard. And I think given that often startup founders and actually high-level uh, managers have some sort of consulting background, I, at least in my experience so far, had quite often the situation where high-level managers ran into the aforementioned analysis paralysis. They were looking at numbers and then requesting some more numbers and then requesting some more numbers, not realizing that actually their job as a manager is to, yes, do obviously informed decisions and also inform themselves about the business, but the data will only ever tell you so much about the cause of the data uh, and why certain things are the way they are. Um, and that it's often still very important to pick up the phone, call people at the ground, get an impression of why things are the way they are and whether they actually think a certain action that you come up with based on the data makes sense or not, and then ultimately decide and, and move forward. And again, if it turns out that it was a sub, slightly suboptimal or suboptimal decision, revert it um, and, and try something else. Um, and if you, but if you have a CEO or a CEO that sits uh, in front of some Excel sheets or data visualization dashboards for a week without deciding, I don't think that's a good sign. So a typical case of understand your business, understand the context of the numbers, and if you have hard times to understand it, just call the right people and talk with them about it. Yes, and always relate, again, always, always, always relate data to a business hypothesis or a goal that you have. Data itself, again, has no inherent value. It needs to be refined and needs to be put into context um, to serve a purpose. Yeah. yeah, definitely a really good point. Do you have something else you want to talk about? I think actually I'm, I'm, I'm looking here um, that we, we covered pretty much the entire thing. Um, What I would also mention is in, in order to achieve all of that, we talked very much about the business uh, side of things and uh, maybe briefly touch upon this given that often business users don't understand how data works un under the hood. Mm, we briefly touched uh, upon the fact that operational databases are OLTP, uh, online transaction processing designs normally, uh, which fill a completely different need than analytical business stakeholder oriented uh, databases, which are normally called uh, uh, OLAP, online analytical processing. Mm. And once you again get the feeling that, okay, Excel or Google Sheets doesn't serve the purpose anymore or the number of data sources becomes too large, you should really sit down in a structured way and think hard about either hiring people or contacting agencies, freelancers, whatever, to set up a data warehouse. A data warehouse is the centralized storage of different data sources, of any kind of raw data that you might, might have from your apps with the purpose of creating standardized, non-repetitive, 
and very well semantically designed tables that reports are built on. Um, from every more experienced manager that has done that job already once or had that in, in his company, I believe you'll, you'll hear that this is the single most important step to use data efficiently as you have, again, single source of truth, one semantic definition for whatever you want to talk about. And that just makes a huge difference in, in communication, in structuring KPIs, because you know that if, okay, in this formula, I don't know, net sales uh, pop up, you immediately should know from, given that there is only one net sales column, and ideally you would also have a data dictionary where some context for that metric is given, that this means sales minus X, Y, Z, but not um, this other thing. Cool. Thank you very much. For the Thank you for having me. Yeah. So until next time. Yes. Ciao.